Hello and welcome to the Boop to Heal Project podcast. Super excited tonight to have Misha on as our guest. Hello, Mish. Hello. How <laughs> are you? Welcome to the evening edition of the Move to Heal Project podcast. Oh my gosh, it, it sounds like a news report going out or something. Yes. <laughs> 6 p.m. news. <laughs> it's embarrassing to say, but yes, I am on TikTok and I've been watching these hilarious videos that are showing in my algorithm that say, um, narrate something completely normal in a news anchor voice. Oh my gosh, I love those. I live for those. <laughs> Actually, I downloaded TikTok and I had to get off of it because Oh my God, you get warped up in that. Anyways. I lost many minutes of, many potentially hours on TikTok. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. What else are we doing right now during quarantine? <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. And a non-segue, but segue. I've invited Nisha on the podcast tonight to talk a little bit about mental health and creativity. This is something that as a creative, I'm really excited about this topic and thought that Mish was the perfect person to discuss this topic with. I feel like we should chat a little bit about maybe how we met and how we got here. But before we do that, I think it's very important to discuss the essentials, which is what's your favorite song right now? <laughs> oh, gosh. Are you reading a cool book or... Um, what kind of are you doing any like fun movements or exercises or I always like to ask just to get the ball rolling what's making you super pumped right now outside of outside of the work that you're doing <laughs> okay well it kind of took me a little while to get into uh exercising from home but uh, I've kind of found a, a little flow there so I'm actually training with a part-time or like PT sorry personal trainer so I train with her five days a week and oh my gosh, it's, it's stressful working out from home, but that's something that I've been getting into and has been bringing me some joy during quarantine. My favorite song, I don't know if you're familiar with lo-fi music. Have you heard of it? No. Okay. So if literally, if you Google or like search on Spotify or Apple music, I don't know what you use. Lo-fi music. It's, it's basically music influenced by jazz and electronic music. And it's very non-lyrical. So you're not getting any sort of words, literally just jazz and electronic music. So I've been getting into that. And I find that it's, it kind of gets me into a space where I get to think my own thoughts versus the lyrics that are happening in my head. So yeah, I definitely recommend that if you're into like writing and you need music in the background, but you don't want to hear R&B lyrics. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love that yeah. so much. Can you send me a link? Uh, yeah, 100%. When we're done the podcast, or maybe we can link it in the show notes as well. Yeah, I actually created a playlist. Um, yeah, so I'll definitely share that with you. I love a good playlist. I find, yeah, with trying to do some work from home for the Move Teal Project, I've been listening to Alexandra Strelinsky, I think is how oh. you pronounce her name. It's like really mm -hmm. beautiful piano music. Oh, it's just like amazing. it's like calm and there's like trickling water in the back and some of them okay like, I definitely I definitely need that one <laughs> can I add that to the playlist <laughs> I'll link them both in the in the notes so like I mentioned before we're here to chat about creativity and mental health but Mish do you want to start do you want to kind of talk a little bit about where we met which is Soul Cycle? And talk about creativity in the workplace there as a, you know, as a leader or 
I guess before you were studio manager as a front desk. I'm leaving this as a very open-ended invitation. (laughs) (laughs) So broad, don't give me a broad question because I will go off. So do you want to just take the reins and and share a little bit about SoulCycle and et cetera? Yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely tie in the creativity part. SoulCycle, there's a lot that has happened there. I think without even realizing what I was stepping into, this place truly was where I was able to lay down the foundation of who I was going to be. I applied for a job to work there and I thought it was just going to be a part-time gig, not realizing that it was preparing me for where I was going to be today. So I worked at both our King location and Yorkville location, so Team Toronto. And I was so incredibly blessed to be a part of a team that allowed me to really lean into who I was and my own uniqueness. And a lot of jobs that I had worked with previously didn't allow me or create a space for me to own that uniqueness. And so I ended up unlocking a lot of superpowers while I was working at SoulCycle. Some things that I didn't even know that I was capable of doing. And I was fairly new to management at the time. And trust me, I grew through a lot of challenges and learned a lot about myself. And also, I'm celebrating four years and five days. Sorry, I just had to throw that in there. <laughs> okay, wait, because that's going to be my, one of my questions was, before we get too far into the story, what year did you start? 2017? 2017, yeah. Okay, and then you, so just to provide context for everyone listening, SoulCycle opened three locations in Canada. Mm-hmm. What was the first, the first location in Canada was King Street, correct? With King, yeah. Yeah. So SoulCycle opened King Street in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. <laughs> I forget some listeners we have aren't local. So I always want to be like, yes, we're in sure. Toronto, Ontario. <laughs> and then Yorkville was the second, Yaletown was the third, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So Mish got hired at King as front desk? Yes, front desk. Yes. And then moved into management. Mm-hmm. At King and like then- literally, <laughs> literally <laughs> within five, like five months. <laughs> so fast. And where were you? What was your line of work before SoulCycle? Honestly, retail, just part time. Mm-hmm. And I was in college at the time studying PR and communications. So I was kind of like getting out of college and still trying to figure out what I wanted to do and fell into SoulCycle. And I was really blessed to be surrounded by people like you, amongst the other great leaders in the space that played a really huge part in my growth. I was honestly shown grace when I made mistakes. I was supported when I wanted to try something new for the business and I was accepted for being who I was. And seriously, like you and everyone else made the space so inviting. And so thanks for creating a space like that, Kayla, and allowing me to even step into or onto this podcast and speak about those times because yeah, I feel, I feel confident, I feel great and I'm owning those superpowers now. Uh, that honestly, like getting emotional listening to you to you talk because, <laughs> I mean, I think at in Toronto specifically, we did have a really beautiful, special community mm-hmm. and team, and I really wanted to make a point of talking about SoulCycle first and foremost because that's where we met, but also because for me it was a space like I was coming into SoulCycle from hospitality. I was really drained and burned out and just really in need of a safe space. And it became that and more for me. And I think to tie this in 
to you, one thing that I noticed right away was this narrative around exploration and this narrative around leaning into who you are and embracing that and getting excited Mm -hmm. about it. And that was never Mm -hmm. something that I really thought about before. I don't think I was really raised in an environment that encouraged that. And it was because of that environment for me that I started the Move to Heal project or felt courageous enough to start the Move to Heal project. (laughs) Yeah, and I think it's important to kind of paint the picture surrounding creativity and what that space Mm -hmm. looked like and what we were doing on a day-to-day basis. And to speak to the getting excited part, well, why don't you? Because I I don't want to, I don't want to take the, (laughs) take the ball. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about that. As a front desk and as a studio manager, how important do you think it is to invite creativity into the workplace? Let's start there. No, 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 no. I love this. Um, This is definitely my jam right now. How important is to invite collaboration, I guess, and creativity? I'm going to kind of give you a story and how I even got to this point in management and why I thought it was so important. There was one job that I was working specifically, and this was right before I stepped into SoulCycle. And I was really interested in doing visual merchandising at at that time for this company. And I had reached out to my direct report at the time. And I was like, hey, I heard that there's a posting that's gone up about, you know, visual merchandising. And I was like, I have an interest in it. I'm not a professional in this area, but I would like to kind of explore it a little bit more. And this particular leader didn't really have an answer for me. They're like, oh, well, we're not really hiring. And I was like, well, that's, that's weird. I saw the posting and I'm, I'm really interested in it. And maybe I can sit down with you and learn a little bit more about the role and this manager completely ghosted me, quote unquote, in terms, in those terms. And I remember walking into the workplace and they would purposely avoid me. They wouldn't say hi to me. They wouldn't acknowledge me. And then I later found out about a week and a half later that they had hired somebody, one of my peers as this visual merchandiser. And I remember feeling all sorts of ways, definitely didn't feel like I was in an inclusive space. I didn't feel like I could put my ideas down on a paper and I would be seen or heard or felt in any sort of way. And I ended up leaving that company and I luckily found full cycle. And I think that had been one of my founding leadership, not qualities, I don't know what the term would be, but one of the founding things that I wanted to make sure happened in the workplace. I wanted to make sure that I was inviting my team to collaborate, inviting their ideas and being able to, yeah, strengthen our, strengthen things that were happening in the business. And, you know, and that goes anything from not just like bringing money into, onto the table, but, you know, strengthening team morale, team retention, making sure that we are completing projects at a faster pace. And I think that all started with collaborating with my team and inviting creativity. And so that was like a long answer to that question. (laughs) I think it was really important for me to lay that foundation as a leader. And that's something that I continue to do. And yeah, and you just want to make sure that your business is flowing in unison. And I think the best way for that to happen is to make sure that you're working with a collaboration and creativity mindset. I think that's a really beautiful long answer. And I also think (laughs) it's such a beautiful quality as a leader when you can take Mm -hmm. an experience that you've had uh, that you've paid attention to 
and then make mm-hmm. a different choice. Mm-hmm. You know, so an experience like this poor experience you had at that other job. And then because that happened, you almost decided, you know, never again, not when I'm in charge. And this is mm-hmm. how I'm going to make that difference. Mm-hmm. And I think that takes a tremendous amount of strength and perceptiveness. And a lot of people don't make that same choice. Uh, so as a listener, that's something that I picked up on right away. And I just think that's what a great strength. And <laughs> when you were sharing, I also thought about, have you ever heard of the book? It's your ship. I haven't. No, it is my favorite leadership book. It was recommended to me when I was in hospitality. I was training at different restaurants for this restaurant group. And my boss gave that copy, a copy of that book to all of us. I literally read it cover to cover. It's an amazing, amazing book. I'll, I'll put it in the notes, but this is a true story. There was this Navy ship that was very unruly and they were always losing workers off the ship. And it was known to be this party ship. The discipline was low. And so they bring this, this man like basically volunteers and is like, I'll, I'll go onto the ship and take a whirl at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, paraphrasing. <laughs> but one thing he talks about in the book, the book changed my life in a lot of ways as a leader, but mm-hmm. One thing no one had done on that ship before was collaboration. So Mm. instead he, as this new leader comes onto the ship and he starts saying, well, what do you guys think we should do? Or what are your thoughts around this? Let's brainstorm. Mm -hmm. And then another thing I remember is the previous captains of the ship in the dining room cafeteria used to (laughs) eat at their own, like at their own separate table. Mm -hmm. And he comes in and he invites people to sit with him. So there's a shifting of dynamics. You know, people are like, we're allowed to sit with him. He's like, yeah, come sit with me. Let's chat. Anyways, you're that kind of leader is why I'm saying this example from the book. It really is a good book. I didn't do a good job explaining it, but you're you're that leader. (laughs) Oh, thanks. Okay, well, I definitely want to read that book because it seems pretty interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. And I think on the topic of creativity as well, which we'll get to in a sec, mm-hmm. last part about the book, but he starts <laughs> because they're on a Navy ship, it's very intensive work. It's very stressful. They're at sea for many days. He started doing movie nights, I guess, like on the, the deck of the ship every Monday and they together pick a movie to watch for a few hours and what happened then on the ship is the morale went through the roof because all of a sudden Mm -hmm. people were starting to feel seen they were starting to feel heard they were starting to feel included and like they mattered and Mm -hmm. then over the course of a few years I guess then before where they couldn't uh, retain any workers on the ship then no one wanted to leave because it Mm -hmm. was such a beautiful work environment And that's a good segue actually to talk about creativity because one thing I noticed working for you is that you, I mean, you really encourage creativity (laughs) in so so many ways (laughs) and I don't want to give it away by by talking about it. So I'm handing the baton over to you. (laughs) I have a a story about creativity from my standpoint, but I'd love to hear you talk about it first. (laughs) okay well I essentially I think as I was working at SoulCycle I started to realize the importance of collaboration and creativity and how it wasn't only preparing 
my team and myself if we wanted to stay at full cycle and grow within the company, but it was preparing us with life skills and allowing them to open up, feel understood, also navigate through challenges a lot easier when we were able to work together. And so through that, I started to realize, okay, I need to do this a little bit more for myself. I was doing investing so much time in my team that I wasn't doing the same or taking the same, same efforts for myself. And at the end of the day, I almost felt like I wasn't a creative. And I started to doubt myself. And I think maybe you can relate to this when you show up on social media and you see everyone doing everything. Oh, yeah, I know how to create this. I'm an artist. I'm a singer. I'm a etc. And like, you almost feel or I can speak for myself, I felt inadequate to that. And I felt like I didn't have this title of being a creative and owning something. And so I during quarantine, when we first went into our first lockdown in March of last year, I was like, I'm going to challenge myself to do something creative, I'm gonna step into the unknown or the uncertain and figure out what it is that I love to do, figure out what my passions are. And so I started a 30-day creative practice where I nurtured my creativity every single day. So I wrote down a list of 30 things and I committed something every single one of those days. So whether it was coloring, painting, going out for walks into new neighborhoods and exploring like different areas of my neighborhood, I literally went to Dollarama. I'm telling you, Dollarama is the the place it is the one <laughs> it is the, it place is the one are you in the dollarama I, facebook group no there's a dollarama oh. facebook group okay don't, i'm gonna leave don't that. tell me that it's called dollarama halls and finds literally the most joyful group i've ever been a part of you okay. will not regret it you will not regret it <laughs> Oh my God, please. Okay, well, definitely connect me. I'm going to have to think about that one because I feel, feel like once I get into it, I'm going to be hooked. But I ended up going to Dollarama and getting like construction paper and just creating collages and cutting up different pieces. It was such a beautiful moment of 30 days and being able to figure out what it is that I loved. And I think from there, I realized I am a creative. I create every single day. If it's not coloring or painting, it's me snapping a picture of something outside. I'm creating content of something or I'm cooking up a meal and I'm figuring out what am I going to make tonight? All right, let's put some salt. Let's put some pepper. Let's put some new seasoning in. It's literally creating something every single day. And so I got really excited about it. And from there, I started a business and I wanted to help others discover their passions and nurture it through creation. So that's why I'm really passionate about creating. <laughs> I love that. I really want to hear more about the business, but just to provide context for everyone listening, your level of creativity. Uh, how do I explain this? So with SoulCycle, we would have theme rides where mm -hmm. we decorate the desk or sometimes we decorate the studio for the theme ride. Over the past few years, we had instructors join SoulCycle and then leave. And so sometimes we decorate the desk for pretty much any occasion we had that we could decorate the desk. We were looking mm -hmm. for it. But <laughs> for me, obviously there was creativity happening at our studio in different ways, but I feel like the creativity happening at Yorkville was next level. Like it was so awesome. And <laughs> we go, we go all out, <laughs> literally all out. And I, that, like, I think the beauty, beauty of it is that that just speaks volumes to how the team works. That wasn't just my idea. That was me coming to my team and saying, listen, we have an event coming up. We have a holiday coming up. 
this is my idea, but I don't want it to be just that. You tell me what it is that you guys want. And so it was small pockets of ideas put together to create that. And that's how we did it every single time we executed something in the studio. And so for you to say it was great, it was phenomenal, it was whatever, it's because it was a team effort collaboration and exploring our creativity through that. I'm also thinking about, did you have a, do you know what a rock tumbler is? Uh, no, I'm not. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) It's literally the coolest thing. I don't know how it works, but I had one when I was little and you go and collect stones, like individual stones, maybe a handful you put them into the rock tumbler and then press start, put some powder. I don't know what you put in, but you press start and then you leave it for an hour or two hours. And when they're done in the tumbler, they're like smooth and different colors and just really stunning. And as you were talking about Yorkville, well, this is how creativity works, right? Where when you start asking your team, hey, what do you think? hey, what would you want to try? Or what do you want to explore? Mm -hmm. It almost acts like a rock tumbler where Mm -hmm. people are bouncing off each other, bouncing off ideas, you know, that there's an energy exchange that happens there. And as a result, everyone wins because it's, it has this, now I'm getting cheesy, but it's cool, (laughs) right? Like I was going to say, it can be transformative over an extended period of time in that environment where that there's that, that continuous tumbling happening. Amazing things can be produced. And it's a ripple effect too. Because I think, for example, anyone that walked into your studio, saw those decorations, saw the time and attention and creativity and care that went into all of it. It's making them happy. They're changed. Mm-hmm. And in that in that kind of way, now I'm getting excited I'm, and I'm yelling. But I mean, like... And in that kind of way, it makes me so excited just by exploring creativity and then expressing it, you might be impacting someone mm-hmm. or you might be changing someone's life. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you, we don't know, but I think social yeah. school is a great example of that. You know, people were often like, wow, these, direct, uh, these uh, decorations are so cool. This is such a bright spot in my day mm-hmm. you know a moment of happiness so <laughs> true just like there's that. this um there's this quote that I came across recently from Martin Luther King Jr and don't quote me because I'm not Martin Luther King Jr <laughs> <laughs> no please um but he says something um along the lines of if you want to be important, wonderful. If you want to be recognized, that's wonderful. If you want to be great, that's wonderful. But recognize that the person that's greatest among you is your servant. And I'm not saying that my team members are servants of any kind, but basically what he's trying to say is that you are working to serve your team. You are working to grow your team, invest in them. And it's your job as a leader to prepare them, whether for full cycle, like I mentioned before, or to prepare them for things that are beyond full cycle. And I think when you create that space, that's where you see a shift. And that's where you see a shift where your team members wanting to show up every day. And that's where you see the shift where your, your employees want to share their ideas with you. And I think that was so important when I wanted to share that with you, because it was something that I came across a few days ago. And I think I hold that really strong to my heart now is that I am choosing every day as a leader to show up for my team, not just for myself, I'm showing up to understand them more. 
versus them mm-hmm. trying to understand me. And so, yeah, I think a lot of leaders need to <laughs> take some pointers from Martin Luther King Jr. Yes, I love that. And I think too, thank you for sharing that. And I think as you were sharing, I kept thinking about how creativity really can spark so much joy. And mm-hmm. uh, that was a note that I had made coming into this podcast record was how much you encourage joy in the workplace. And I just feel like when I was working with you, we were always laughing. I know. <laughs> and it was so, I'd, some leaders think that it's not good to have to infuse the workplace with joy or laughter because it means that it's not mm-hmm. serious. And yeah. I think, you know, working for you, just reinforce that joy is very important in a workplace. And it's, I don't know, it's essential, I think, to keep morale high. And I know that I always looked forward to working with you because I knew that there would, that we would like have a moment where we were laughing really hard. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All the time. (laughs) All the time. Yes. And I think in that way, I I don't know where I was directly going with that, but I think it is important to say that creativity sparks joy. They're connected or joyful moments can lead to moments of exploration and creativity. You know, it's bi-directional. Yep. And I think as a leader, you know, you've just continuously worked hard to create that space for people because these spaces don't exist on their own. They have to be created. And I learned this from the restaurant industry, you know, like everything comes from the top down. The leader of the space sets the tone for the workspace. It's really, mm-hmm. really important. So I think, thanks for being you. <laughs> it's like, thank you. And thank you for recognizing that. I think sometimes leaders, like they doubt what they do every single day. And so hearing that from you and hearing it from your perspective means a lot. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> Having a moment. Um, <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit more about your business? Yeah, of course. So uh, unfortunately, while I was <laughs> working to promote my business, I lost access to my Instagram account. Still trying to figure that out. But while I was promoting it with the current page that I had going up, I ended up launching this beautiful discovery kit. I call them discovery kits, discovering your creativity and essentially giving people the tools that they need to practice their creativity from home. So I launched this product. It was called a rope rainbow. So giving you rope, yarn, fabric, glue sticks, et cetera, and building out a rainbow, something that you can use or put into a nursery or put into your home or work office. And honestly, sales were amazing. (laughs) People were loving the product. They were just like, oh my gosh, this is so cute. It's so therapeutic. I was getting amazing reviews from people saying how they got to be in touch with their creative side and they were doubting their uh, creativity and they had a moment of 45 minutes or like an hour just to like sit still and be one with something and create this beautiful product and so unfortunately I haven't had the chance to relaunch that discovery kit for the new year but I am working on some new stuff that I'm hoping to launch in the next couple months I can't tell you what it is but it obviously has to do with creativity and nurturing it but essentially it's just, you know, giving you tools to practice it at home and making it affordable. I think that was something that I didn't always have access to growing up. I didn't come from a wealthy background or anything like that. And I think therapy wasn't accessible for me. And so I want to be able to provide a space for people that can afford it or cannot afford it. 
to nurture their creativity and their mental health at home. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I'm really excited to see what the next few months hold and what, when the next launch is, but when I saw the rainbow, it slaps, like it's, (laughs) it's so cute. I really love it a lot. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) Like, can we link, put a link um, in the show notes or is, uh, do you have a website or what does that look like right now? Is it under construction still? Can we just be waiting in anticipation? Yeah, of course. So because my Instagram, the original page was shut down or disabled from by Instagram, I have relaunched, but I decided to relaunch as a blog. So I'm still sharing the same ideas that I was before, but I wanted to like introduce writing stuff that I love to do. I went to school for PR and communication. So like writing is my strongest suit. So I decided to relaunch as a blog. So I'd be happy to share that information with you guys, but it's such a long link. So I'll share it with you and you can link it into the podcast. And if you want to follow me on social media, it's just the mix matched blog on Instagram. And you can follow for any updates on things that I'm looking to launch for the next year. I think this is a great time to release new material, like over the next few months or new discovery kits. I mean, obviously I'd love to do this. I'm not the best with crafts, but I really like trying them. (laughs) And I really love the rainbow, but I, I keep thinking about all of my mom friends with their kids in the house right now. Mm -hmm. and how neat that would be an activity Mm -hmm. to do with the kids or an activity to do on your own. I don't think there should ever be an age cap on creativity. That's why it's so great because it's accessible for everyone. And I really love how you talked about how you reflected on that accessibility when you were making the kits, because I Mm -hmm. as well was raised in a house where we didn't have a lot of money (laughs) And so we really had to, we had to learn to do a lot with a little, I guess is the best yes. way. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, we have glue sticks and crayons. Like, what are we going to, like, <laughs> our big thing that's coming to mind is we used to make to- <laughs> toilet paper roll turkeys, I think. Where? Oh my God. I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I think what we did. Are you talking like paper mache? No, I think it okay, maybe literally not. all it was was you trace your hand on oh, a, yeah, and then that's the turkey's feathers or whatever, and then you maybe glue it onto a toilet paper roll. That's the bottom. I don't know, but it was <laughs> oh my God. it was a time, but <laughs> I did grow up in the 80s. Yes, let's just confirm that right now. <laughs> but still, I mean, I think accessibility is important. One question I wanted to, or one thing I wanted to go back to quickly was Mm -hmm. when you told me about the 30 day list that you made, did you, did you actually notice an increase in your emotions or feelings or did you notice any impact on your, on your mental health or on your, how you felt day to day? I'd be curious to know a little bit more on that if you feel comfortable sharing. Yeah, of course. I 100% did feel an impact when I did that 30-day challenge. I realized in that moment, since the age of 16, I had never really been out of a job or like not working a job. I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but (laughs) it was a great amount of years. And 
I went into panic mode. I had a lot of breakdowns pretty much every other day, leaning on my husband to look for support. And when I started this practice, I, I knew for myself, I had to do something. I was like, I can't go through these feelings every single day and not find a solution. And so when I started doing this 30 day practice, I realized, I think maybe day five, between day five to seven, I started to realize that I was becoming more aware of my feelings and I had a better understanding on how to process those moments versus brushing them aside. So there were a lot of traumas that I had gone through when I was younger up until that day. <laughs> and I had this, this problem of just like brushing it to side, brushing it to the side, sorry, and letting work take over. And so in that moment, I was like, oh, crap, I don't have a job right now. I got to figure out how to process these moments. And so, yeah, between days five to seven, I started to realize that I was processing it, but in a different way. And in particular, coloring was probably one of the biggest things for me. And it gave me mindful and restful moments and gave me the chance to like think through very complex situations. And I think I gave you a very long answer on that one. But yes, so it did. It, I did see a shift when I started the 30 day practice in my mental health. I love long answers. <laughs> and I like, I like long answers because I like when people provide context around the answer, which is exactly mm-hmm. what you did. And I cool. think this is very different, but I think it, it would be like coloring. In 2013, I was diagnosed with complex PTSD. I was working in accounts receivable. And I'm very right-brained. I remember starting the job and being like, what am I doing here? And I could not focus initially because there was a huge learning curve. But I did find after I got into the swing of things that it really helped alleviate my anxiety. Can't believe I'm saying this because it's account with accounts receivable. Shout out to all the people in accounts receivable. It's a very hard job <laughs> um, or doing anything like finance related because I'm mm-hmm. just not it's just not me <laughs> anyone that knows me knows that I'm like a you know a writer an artist mm-hmm. a, you know a runner <laughs> but I I did I did find that after the learning curve when I had to concentrate on completing these tasks it alleviated my anxiety and because mm-hmm. and I think that is because it was something new that I had never explored before it's like mm-hmm. new concepts, new, you know, ideas. And so I really did have to dial in to it. And mm-hmm. I was surprised by how much it helped. And I think in a same different kind of way, you know, a lot of people haven't taken time to explore things like coloring or explore mm-hmm. painting or making crafts or anything like that. And mm-hmm. what a neat thing to try in regards to, you know, shifting. I mean, I never want to go into a notion hoping that, you know, this will change everything. Like this will change my affect. I never, I never want to go in putting the pressure on a change, Mm -hmm. but I think it's, I I'm trying to switch and, and, and explore something just for the sense of exploring it now. And then Mm -hmm. anything that happens as a result, is it kind of like a cherry on top? No, I think, I think that's perfect. Cause I think once you put too much pressure on it and oh, I have to find the thing that makes me creative, it becomes a chore. 
and you don't want it to become a chore, then you end up stressed out the things that you didn't want the complete opposite of what you wanted (laughs) so trust me I've gone through those moments so I know I can laugh about it and I'm not perfect like trust me I still have those moments where I put stress on myself but I'm learning and I'm growing and I'm trying I'm understanding that putting pressure only creates more stress so take your time there's no one there that has a timer to your head telling you you have 10 seconds to find your passion and find your creativity you do it at your own pace literally what soul cycle teaches it's so at your own pace. Sit down, drink water, take it at your own pace. <laughs> <laughs> you could take the women out of soul cycle, but you can't take soul cycle out of the women. But I think too, though, what I was gonna say just to tag onto that is I am a type A personality. You know, I want to do things perfectly and right, mm-hmm. quote unquote right. And I think this is where you know, me taking time to explore my own creativity, like I've been painting in quarantine. And I think for me, it is the practice of not getting it right, you know, that has allowed me to loosen the grip a little bit to be like, you know what, here's a blank canvas, you can try something here and not like it, or you can try something and have it look not the way you wanted it to, that's okay. For me, it's almost given me that allow that allowance, I guess. Um, and it's helped mm-hmm. me crack my <laughs> type A personality a bit because then if we're exploring all of those things creatively, then we can mimic that in real time. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. if I make a mistake with work, I'm being less hard on myself. Cause my mm-hmm. brain's like, oh, we've done this before. You know, it's okay. Just try it a different way or like, just try it again. And mm-hmm. I think it's important to note that too. Cause I know I'm definitely not alone in being a type A human. <laughs> I'm with you. Trust me. <laughs> like type A Virgo moon. <laughs> <laughs> like my closet's color coordinated. Same. <laughs> <laughs> and my bookshelf. It's fine. Oh my God. <laughs> do you, okay, quick last question. Yes. For you, do you have any suggestions of how someone could increase creativity in their home in little ways? Like maybe could you share a few more things from your list or a few more thoughts surrounding that? Yeah, of course. I think touching on affordable ways and maybe not the affordable ways. So affordable ways, I think, again, Dollarama is my go-to for finding those little pieces. And it literally has been my BFF for the last 10 months. So Same. you can grab a, you can literally grab a coloring book for like a dollar or a dollar 50 sketchbook, pencil, crayons, notebooks, if you're into writing or storytelling, whatever it is that you want to do. Like I use that as my source and going for walks. Those are free. I think it is so important to get out every single day. You'd be surprised at how much that influences my, my thought process or your thought process mm-hmm. and how your day will go. So those are some of like the affordable ways and little things that you can do at home in terms of if you need to spend money, <laughs> lots of money. I actually have a subscription. I don't know if you've heard of them called Skillshare. Mm-hmm. It's like an online learning platform. It's actually pretty cool. So they do a lot of like interactive, sorry, let me like backtrack a little bit. So it's basically a bunch of practitioners that are in the creative realm or space and they teach classes. So they teach you to do versus telling you what to do. And so while you're taking these classes, they're like, grab your sketchbook, we're gonna draw it together. Grab your coloring book, we're gonna color this together. So it's 
nourishing creativity in different ways um, and taking those class classes with them. So I have a membership with them. It's $14.99 a month, if I'm correct. If it's not $14.99, it's under $20. I know that for sure. And you can literally learn anything from sewing to drawing to learning about marketing to learning about brushing up on your presentation skills. There's thousands of classes that you can find. So yeah, those are some small ways that you can nurture creativity at home. That's cool. I've never heard of that before. And it sounds, that sounds like something that's in my wheelhouse for sure. Cool, yeah. I just had the thought the other day, as you know, I'm a writer and I thought to myself, why have I not um, taken a creative writing course online? Like Mm -hmm. now there's way more online options, even than there was a year ago Mm -hmm. in lieu of everyone pivoting. And for me, that's where I get really excited is anything creative writing, but yeah. Have you heard of um, Clubhouse? No. Okay, it's like a new platform. It's like in Lee. I think I have a few invites. I'll send you one. But essentially, it's just people hopping on this platform and hosting kind of podcast style conversations, but it's live and in the moment. And I actually signed uh, signed up for a creative class and they send you like a prompt and you have to like write a story with that prompt. And so there's a number of classes that you can follow. So I'll, I'll send you more info on that. Please but that might be something that, yeah. Info. That might be something that can help you with like strengthening your creative writing skills. Mm, I love that so much. Yes, I would love to hear more. I feel like I have one more question left and now it's gone from me. But I was going to say at the beginning, right when COVID started and we thought we were going to be inside for like, a you know, just a month. I was reading a lot of articles on how to stay inspired or how to keep things fresh. And I read about, you know, how important walks can be just for brain stimulation or like taking a new route somewhere, taking a different route home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it even talked about, I can't remember if it was a podcast or a book that I was reading this in, but it talked about like changing up your screensaver, changing up on your phone, on your computer, or even which direction you face while you're doing work from home. So maybe one day you face the window, one day you face the left wall, one day you face the right wall. Maybe you put something different on the wall for those days. And it was just about, you know, keeping things looking different and fresh and how much that helped with productivity and focus Mm -hmm. with integrating those new things. So that, yeah, that ties into what you just shared, which I think we could all use as much inspiration right now. Like, I I mean, going into year one of uh, all this COVID stuff, I mean, Mm -hmm. we can all use a little more inspiration and joy I think is there anything else that is on your heart to share now I'm putting you on the spot but is there anything else (laughs) Um, that you're wanting to speak to or share I think honestly I'll keep it short I think prioritizing your mental health and doing it your own way is is crucial I I used to see people journaling every single day oh I love journaling it's been helping me and I felt that I had to force myself to do it that way to get the same results. And I think I've learned over time that it's okay to pick my own route. It's okay to choose my own lane. And so like just encouraging people to choose what they want, whatever the heck they want to do to nurture their mental health, let them do it versus having to follow the crowd and just being okay with that. I love that so much. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing. Thanks for having me, Kayla. This is awesome. I really just appreciate you so much. And for everyone listening, I'll make sure everything is listed below 
including the Dollarama Halls and Finds link. <laughs> Can't wait. It's the most joyful group I've ever been a part of. <laughs> but oh um, outside of that, I know many of us will be waiting anxiously or eager- eagerly <laughs> to see what the Mixed Matched is going to be releasing this year. So super, super pumped for that. To everyone listening, thanks so much for tuning in. And we'll see you again soon. And love you all.